0: To the Chris and Sam podcast, pull up a bar stool and join us
1: for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode three hundred and forty-four of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris and I'm Sam, and we're coming to you via the magic of Zoom and Chris pressing record.
0: Yeah, and and that's funny too because we've been what what uh what episode is it 344
1: 344 this is the
0: first one we've ever done by zoom remotely yeah Yeah. which is quite surprising really so uh last time in lockdown of course we were in the same house so mm, there wasn't a problem there it was yeah i
1: mean yeah it was good
0: uh, uh, but this time, as you probably are aware, unless you're overseas and haven't paid any attention to New Zealand, why would you? Afghanistan's far more interesting. Um, we're in lockdown. So, um, yeah, so Sam and I are you in different sure houses. Are.
1: So, apart from lockdown, what's happened in the last week? Because I've got a story for you.
0: Oh, you go with your story, because I haven't really got a story. story.
1: Oh, I was travelling home from work the other night and I went a different way, and I went down the expressway north of Huntley. And all these lights were coming up the other side and they were just flashing uh, all their lights at all of us. And I was like, oh, this is weird. And then we carried on and then all the traffic ground to a halt and there was a whole truck and trailer unit on fire. Um, Reminded me of Jamie Oxley and his travels uh, in the Australian Outback on a truck. But uh, apparently the guy's tyre blew out and then that caused the truck to catch on fire.
0: And yeah, so... um the Waikato Expressway, for those that don't know, it's it's you know a two lane either side, um, yeah. highway thing, with um, you know
1: uh, guardrails and little- all
0: that. You, there's no way you're getting around that truck, right?
1: No, but like we're all waiting. So um, a majority of us have pulled over in the left hand lane or the left hand side of that lane. Like we're over to one side, and this we've been there probably ten or fifteen minutes. This truck's like just burning more and more. And some cars came down past us, like three of them. And it was like, where are you going? There's nowhere to go. It was like they weren't paying attention. And at some point, they looked up and they must have seen all this wall of fire and were like, oh, we better pull over. So they pulled over and the uh, the tires were exploding on the truck, which is fun to see. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to see it. Uh, I couldn't record it, like the phones were, it was too far away from the phone, but I could have a nice clear shot, you know, with my yeah, own yeah. eyeballs, and uh, so anyway, they ended up turning us all around,
0: so, how, sorry, how, how late at night was this,
1: uh, or, or was
0: it I, night, it was after dark or,
1: yeah, yeah, it was like 9.30 at night, right, right, yeah, quarter to 10, and uh, so that was all good, and they were figuring out how they were going to get us uh, around this, but they turned all of us around, And we had to drive up the wrong way, off the motorway for 25 minutes. And you know when an airplane lands and people jump up out of their seat? And they can't go anywhere, but they're doing it anyway? Yeah. Uh, They were doing this on the motorway. So we're all turning around and going in sequence. And then every now and then, a car just jutted out and decided to do a three-point turn so they could leave earlier. But all the people that did that didn't know how to do a three-point turn. there was a woman, I'm going to call it out, uh, in F- there was a woman in a sign-written FMG truck, and these two truck drivers were getting her to turn around in between their trucks, and it was like a 20-point turn, and she couldn't do it. It was really, and in the end, she just had to stop and wait for everyone to go past. So anyway, that was my fun and excitement this week.
0: Wow, no, that, that's pretty That's pretty spectacular. I, I haven't seen anything like
1: that. No, it's my life, no, Like Highly recommend it. <laughs> if you come across yeah.
0: one hey yeah so jamie if you actually have your truck on fire just make sure you your video for us um and just um you can say that you're the uh, chris and sam podcast correspondent on the spot take the video and send it through to us uh no hopefully that doesn't happen to you actually so uh yeah maybe not hopefully uh, not uh i what have i got i've got I wanted to t- mention because I wanted to mention this last week. Um, yes. I've been listening to a um, podcast called I Spy, and um, it's it's um, I've forgotten who it's by. It's by foreign correspondent. That's who it's by, oh. and uh, they they have actual spies on t- talking about actual missions that they had. It's only a sh- fairly short form podcast. Uh, yeah. Thirty about 30, 35 minutes a- 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 ago. Uh, fascinating, fascinating stories. Now, I did mention it to Sam afterwards, yeah. uh, after we recorded last week, because I went, damn, I forgot to do this again. Yes. Um, did you actually listen to any?
1: No, I haven't. I've just brought up the website. It's by Foreign Policy.
0: Foreign Policy, sorry, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they're just about to undertake Season 3.
0: Yeah, um, I've been working my way through from it Season It sounds two. really
1: cool, for what you've said. I just uh, haven't got around to it. And this whole COVID thing oh, it doesn't matter, I'm on days off anyway. I usually listen to podcasts when I'm working.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, yeah, I, I actually haven't listened to any podcasts the last two days um, just because I haven't been at work because that's sort of the routine, you know. Have,
1: yeah, I was going to say, have you been at work or did you work close down? No,
0: no, no. So, uh, <laughs> I, um, so obviously, we heard about this thing on, uh, what was it, Tuesday night, and I, I texted my boss, Pierre, and said, uh I suppose you don't want me in because now I'm working uh, in the office. And last weekend I was on the floor and it was busy and all the rest of it. I said, I'm assuming you don't want me in because, you know, I'm only there part-time and I'm only in the office, right? Mm. And he said, oh, no, I think Dane will want a hand. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Well, let me know. And then he texted me back and said, Dane's going to call you. So Dane calls me and I took to Dane. he's the owner and he goes uh do you want to come in have you got your laptop with you I'm like no I don't take a lap- I'm I'm a part-timer a don't take a laptop mm. home he goes does your uh does your remote working access work well I haven't tried it since I left in 2019 so probably, probably not.
1: not oh it might do though who knows
0: <laughs> oh it could do but those things usually they recycle them and you drop off you know so that's okay I said look we're all up to date it's not going to make any difference if I don't come up so anyway I'm on annual leave basically oh, nice. I said oh, I'll, I'll go on annual leave but we find but what out what cracked me up though then yep. as I said to Dane oh how are you going all right he goes here phone's ringing red hot he goes doesn't help that I'm in Auckland I was like what oh, he no. goes we came up for the foodies um no. AGM he said oh, yeah. and um but he heard the murmurings, you know, at lunchtime or whatever, that something was happening, uh, you know, the, this COVID case and all that. So instead of going to the AGM, he went back to his hotel and, and did it remotely on his laptop. He was like, because oh, I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not going in okay. there. <laughs> and he, did, he was just staying in a hotel. Uh, and then he says, oh, I'm going to have something to eat. I'm going to have a nap. And then I'm going to drive home, you know, before midnight or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Um, and after he said that, I was like, yeah, I'm really not going in tomorrow (laughs) if he's coming back from Auckland. Um, We'll we'll,
1: we'll find out tomorrow, uh, Friday, if they're going to extend it. I assume they're going to extend it for another seven days is my prediction. Yeah, yeah, I think so. We Um, will see. We will see.
0: So, yeah, I was uh, due to go and meet my uh, new client in person for the first time uh, tomorrow. So, that's not happening now. No. Um, but that was, so that's a bit of a shame. So, it'll be on Zoom again, I assume. Um, but anyway, uh, that's, yeah, that's where I'm at in terms of working from home. Hey, I did see something. I've put it down as a drop, uh, Kickstarter drop kick.
1: Yeah. Um, what was it?
0: Well, you you open it up yeah. if you want. So, you can oh, look okay. at it. I know.
1: This is. Oh, okay. So it's some fancy um, dice. Yeah, polyhedral you... dice
0: for Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. But it looks uh, really, really nice. They look called, cool.
1: Uh, Dragon eye dice. They've got an eye in, in the middle of them. So someone's doing some pretty cool um, casting with polymer or whatever they're using. Oh, there's yeah. different colors too.
0: Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's four or five different colors and you can get the whole pack.
1: Are you going to get these? Cause no. I would. Oh, no, sorry. Have you see the price? (laughs) I I thought they were £10, but that was without a reward. They're £50. Uh, No, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they were um, aiming for $7,900, I think.
1: Um, They're doing pretty well. And
0: they're at $1.25 million. (laughs) And And, honestly, if I had them for cash, I would definitely splurge on these. These are collector piece type um things so if you're into dungeons and dragons definitely check it out um dragon eye dice and kickstarter You've um, got, uh
1: less than two weeks by the time you hear this
0: yeah yeah uh but yeah they look really good and if you're so inclined you can buy me a set that'd be great
1: that's right uh, you could well because <laughs> hang on how much is it for a double set two dice set for 87 yeah might as well
0: yeah, well, there's actually because you can get the collect, and I think people are getting that. I was going to.
1: What's the difference between regal cut and diamond cut? Regal is regal that long looking one.
0: Yeah, regal's got sharper edges, and the other one's sort of more rounded. Oh, yeah, and I think it. the rounded is better for rolling anyway, personally. But um, I think it's oh, yeah. one of those things that people are into or not. You know what I mean? Um, where's the uh, pricing thing for it? Because I wanted. To- I'm looking at it on my phone. And it doesn't. Oh, look what the same. do you want to do?
1: Which Which one? I'm looking at all of them. You can get uh, what,
0: what's the, the, the most most expensive one there?
1: You get the Dragon's Horde. You get uh, everything. You get five different types for 435 pounds.
0: Yeah, that's right. And how many have they sold?
1: 175 backers on that one. That's
0: crazy, right?
1: Good on them because literally, like, once you've got the process of making these, it must be reasonably simple. Like, they don't have to – like, if it takes them six months to make the whole lot, it takes them six months. They don't have to – yeah. This is pretty good, I reckon.
0: Yeah, and and, and it's beautiful. And but I, another thing I noticed afterwards when I was looking at this, this is not the first dice collection that have that has come on this um, Kickstarter. Like from, from these done, guys or uh, other people? I, I think just in general. From oh no, these
1: people. guys have created four different things. John and Oliver.
0: Yeah, yeah. I heard. I saw that they they they've done other things. I think this is their first dice set. Do
1: you want to uh, know what else they made?
0: Uh, I saw there was a um,
1: traveler. yeah. Oh. They made uh, ice mold that makes ice dice. Oh, yeah. And they made a raised platform for board, card, and RPG games. That's only got 48 hours left. It's like a giant board that sits on a normal table so you can put drinks and stuff underneath it. That's pretty cool, actually. And uh, an RPG game book series, a choose-your-own type adventure book they've made.
0: Oh, that's the one I probably looked at, actually. Um, yeah, so anyway, that's that's all I was going to say. It's not really a Kickstarter dropkick in terms of they've already yeah, crushing yeah, yeah. it, and I, I just really liked it, so I thought I'd mention it.
1: Very good. Hey, I had this random conversation with Sarah the other day, and I said I was going to mention it on the podcast because, well, to be honest, a, it blew my mind a little bit, and it definitely blew her mind. She's talking, she's randomly talking the other day, and she says, "Ah, oh, so you, I, I think. I think the only person that may know what's going on here is Jeremy. So, Jeremy, let us know if you know what about this. Uh, So, she says, oh, remember back in the day when you could have some seg and you just have a munch on some seg? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't
0: know what you're talking about either.
1: And she goes, it's the stuff. And it was called S-E-G-G, seg. And I was like, it sounds like the dumbest name. Anyway, she explained it to me. And it's like a luncheon roll, right, of meat, mushed up meat. And it it stood for steak and egg, SEG, right? And we did some Googling, and there's no photo of this product anywhere. And there's a mention on a couple of websites. They discontinued it in 1990, but they only ever made it for the South Island. Well, that sounds normal. Yeah. So I was like, that's why I have no idea what you're talking about. And she goes, I can't believe they never had it in the North Island. I said, I can't believe they called it SEG. (laughs) Anyway it was a very funny moment for us uh yeah
0: yeah yeah no 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 i get it actually i i'll tell you about my um amusing conversation i caught up with carolyn on the phone yesterday nice. see how she was and i haven't seen her since she came up and visited us that time so yeah. um you know, i had had a bit of news you know told her you know i've I'd, I'd moved um you know uh gone part-time doing all this stuff all, all, all the bits and pieces or whatever yes and um then we were talking about the, 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 um, <laughs> the lockdown. And I sort of, I don't know how it came up, but I let slip that I was wearing a onesie. And okay. she said, that's a, okay. that's a, that's a terrible image. I don't want to think about you in a onesie. And I'm like, well, you know, um, we're in lockdown. I put on a onesie, um, because I, it's going to stop me from going outside.
1: And Did that's already-
0: when I, and that's when I had that genius idea. What put everyone in the world. Uh, a Dern should be doing is sending everybody in New Zealand a onesie, making it mandatory to wear, and everyone would then stay at home because who's going to go outside in a onesie?
1: People will go outside <laughs> in a onesie. I've got, I'm more concerned. Did you already own a onesie? Yes. What's it look? What's it? Is it, is it themed or I can't imagine what you'd be wearing?
0: No, no, it's not. So I bought it.
1: What's a non-themed onesie look like? I'll show you. Hang on. <laughs> he's, just, he's just wandered off with the power of webcams. He's gone to get this uh, onesie thing. What it's is it? like? Out, a, cause it's just black.
0: It's uh, navy blue from the warehouse.
1: Okay. I, yep. That's a thing.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I bought it years ago because you know how cold red in Elstreet is. Yes. I bought it years ago, and I wore it a few times because it was so cold at Radnor Street. I think when Tash was there, yeah. But I um, I think when you moved in, I was like, I'm too embarrassed to wear that, and it has been sitting in the oh. chest for ages. But now I live by myself, so eh, onesie time again.
1: Hey, as long as uh, you know, <laughs> you, you got to go over uh, comfort over, you know, what it looks like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, actually, let's move on. Uh, time to move on. <laughs>
1: hey, the, <laughs> um, the um, what are they called? The Boston Dynamics guys have done a new video with their Atlas robot. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, they can do parkour now.
0: Oh, yeah, no, I saw some of that. Um, what did I see it on? It was on the TV program or it was on something.
1: Yeah. It's it's still really trippy to see them just running around by themselves. Uh, yeah, what,
0: what, what freaks me out more than anything else is the backflips like I th-
1: I think they've been able to do the backflip I know for ages. they've been
0: able to do it for a while but they still look sort of cumbersome when they're jumping on boxes and stuff. Yeah. And then they do a backflip and it's just it still blows my mind every time so, they do it. It's like, so on
1: on I their f- blog, yeah, on their blog post at Boston Dynamics, they were saying if you watch it the Atlas robot will have the video up on our show notes. The robot jumps onto a block and one of them sort of wobbles a little bit. And they said in the blog, actually, that shouldn't have done that. Um, we'll have to try and figure out how to fix that up. But they said they had to tell all the engineers from pre... Because even though you see that one video of them doing it, it takes them like 20 goes or something. Like They've got to do little tweaks to yeah. make sure the robot does it perfectly first time uh, in one take. And they have to tell the engineers not to cheer and clap until they say, cut because apparently they've ruined takes before when they got really excited um, before the guys could stop filming. And uh, sticking, with, sticking with robots, uh, MIT, um, some engineers at M- MIT, they've made some uh, inflatable uh, robotic hands for amputees. So
0: MIT in the States? Or- yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. And they said, look, this is just a design concept, but we've built them, and the people get better touch, grip, and feel from these inflatable hands, and they said um, they're lighter, and the components only cost about 500 bucks in total, a fraction of the weight and material cost uh, that normal rigid smart limbs have. So they're so, really excited so, about it.
0: So let me th- so it's got like a, a bone of a, a finger for argument's sake and the front part is inflated or the whole thing's inflated
1: uh, it looks like yeah i'm not 100% sure i'm looking at this video now with this guy with a hand it it's hard to say it must have something in there for him to close it
0: yeah yeah that's what i'm saying
1: um it's but it's slightly bigger than a normal hand but it looks like it looks like it's solid plastic, so it must be – I'd say it's inflated to quite a –
0: Yeah, because it could be sort of that um, band technology that Ben was working on type thing to – Maybe. On the plastic, yeah. So yeah. A, a young uh, – a rather young um, entrepreneur named Ben Bell uh, shared the stage with Sam in 2016, was 17. it? 17. 2017, uh, on the TEDx stage. And he'd invented these, um, for want of a be- better word, elastic bands that sense, um, sense and can contract and stuff with uh, electricity applied to it, as I recall. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um,
1: sweet. Oh, we should, we should mention that Lord of the Rings have left New Zealand.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. That, happened. Yeah.
1: You know, that was a big deal before this whole pandemic uh, COVID thing. But what what's your take on it?
0: Um. Yeah. So it happened the day that um we had our big um event for Kōkori, mm. uh which was oh, yeah.
1: Yep. Talk about that too.
0: And um one of the teams is very much in that world, and um they're a husband and wife team, and the wife Amber was really upset about this whole thing. Mm. And she actually lost the plot a little bit during the day, the um, oh, well, stress and all that, because well, all their friends work in it and loads of them just lost their job. She reckons 3,000 people lost their jobs with that. Now, I know that the um, media was saying 1,500, but that doesn't count all the people that are doing ancillary things that yeah, are not yeah. directly right. film-related. So that's like 3,000 jobs around New Zealand. It's, it's pretty dire. And one of the reasons they're doing, Amber and, and Victor are doing the the work they're doing, they're putting together a virtual studio in New Zealand, is because yeah. what they got burned out doing was following films around the world because you're just always moving. You move yeah, yeah. to do a film, you're there for a year or two. You can't really have a family while you're doing that. It makes right. it really, really difficult. And then you've got to, that film's over and you've got to move again. Or in this case... The film's over. They may take some core crew with them to the UK. The actors are all in the UK, so they're going back there. Yeah. But the majority of people, they they're out of work. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty crap. But it just highlights the the fact that we need to be doing our own stuff here and not be reliant on big productions from overseas. Because all it does is they come here, they use our resources, and then they take the money out. Of the country yeah, yeah. and the tax base and all that stuff is over there, not here. So we need to create our own uh, industry here and we've got the talent to do it. So
1: it, it says in this article I've got here, which I'll link in the show notes, it says that some saw the Amazon project leaving New Zealand as an opportunity because they're actually holding up a lot of the prime studio space in Auckland even before season two was even planned to go in production. They were just holding it. Yeah. But the way I was thinking about it was look, the reason they came to New Zealand is it was a stopgap measure because of COVID overseas. Yeah, like I would not.
0: So I, they were I, they were always going to go to Scotland originally because they had that big um, new um, studio up there that they, they
1: built. They yeah, they want to have a really big studio set up in the UK for future yeah. productions. So, so I think this. if you if you knew how Amazon was thinking about everything originally, this really shouldn't have been a huge surprise. True. True. I mean, um, it yeah. definitely it, it sucks. It lets people down and all that. But, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. And hopefully with um, things like uh, Granary and what they're doing with their sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so that's cool. Um,
1: did you want to talk about the Kokori?
0: Oh, kōkori, um, Yeah, no, that went really, really well. It was live. Uh, live th- oh, you, you watched it, didn't you?
1: I did. I watched the whole thing. I've got. Oh, you? I've got extensive notes, which I will talk about after the podcast with you. <laughs> but uh, on the whole, very good. Yeah,
0: I because I, uh, in the room were a lot of um, what do you call them? Angel investors and VCs and whatnot. Um, that go to a load of things, and I, I, I yeah, I a bit of pat on the back for myself, I guess. But I've had a couple of those say this: the production value here, well, production value, the presentation quality was. So much better than what they recently saw at um, one of the Auckland ones. Yeah, it's like night and day different. This is so much better.
1: And um, I think like, I, and I think like, it doesn't take too much to up your level.
0: No, no, you're right. Um, like everything, you know, that first yeah eighty twenty rule. You put in twenty um, percent of the work, and it'll get you eighty percent of the level uptake. You know. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're not doing that at this particular, I, I, I can't even remember what it was. I wouldn't name it if I did, but this particular place up in Auckland, um, they obviously weren't focused on that at all. And I get it because the incubator is more interested in getting the uh, nuts and bolts of the business right and getting your, your modeling and your wireframe and all yeah. your business model. But my, you know, and obviously it's self serving, but my thing is if you can't put that across in a presentation, a lot of that works for nothing, you know? Like, if you can't put it across and get investment for your um, business, then, you know, how, how useful is all of that? Uh, so I think it's quite important, obviously.
1: But yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, there's some interesting ones in there. Hey, uh, did, I've got the story here. Um, it's it's an old story, and I've never heard of it before, but did you know that Pepsi once got sued uh, for, 30, for a $33 million fighter jet?
0: Oh, yes. I have heard that. Why have I heard that? I've heard that. I don't know.
1: I've never heard it before. So basically, in 1996, Pepsi ran a promotion, and they said, hey, you collect all these points, and then um, if you have 7 million points, you can get a Harrier uh, fighter jet, you know?
0: Yeah, so they didn't really say that. What they did was they did an ad, very much an ad on TV, and they they had some – clothing, a bag, and it's got two points and five points and seven points. And then they showed this Harrier jump jet and they went seven million points for whatever. Some random number they thought nobody would ever get.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but the dumb thing was you could buy the points as well. Yeah, so So somebody bought them for $100,000 or something. Uh, No, it was uh, $700,000, yeah is what he had to raise, and he went around and he told everybody what the figure, and he, he raised it.
0: Yeah, and because um, a Harrier jump jet is worth millions, right? $33,
1: 33. A million. And then he says, hey, where's my jump jet? And they said, hey, look, uh, this is just sort of a joke sort of thing, blah, 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 here's some free points. And he's like, no, I've got lawyers and we've done all this. And he spent um like $88,000, this guy, in attorney's fees. And in the end, the Justice... Department's, uh, you know, the justice system said, uh, after three years of uh, legal stuff, said no, no, uh, because adver- advertisements are generally not considered office and contract law. Uh, the ad was obviously a joke, and an enforceable contract requires both parties' signatures, so they didn't do that. But afterwards, um, he became a mountaineering ranger, the dude. Um, he tried to do a appeal in 2000 that wasn't, ex- wasn't successful. And then they did it again, or they, they re-edited the ad. And at the end, it said, you need 700 million points. And at the end, it, they put, just kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. you know. I mean, and literally, what was he going to do with this jet fighter?
0: I know. It a, it, it's a bit
1: of a weird flex, right? Uh, it's a very <laughs> weird flex. Like, there's no point. <laughs> uh, it's quite a waste of time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, because um, I, I forget where I heard it from. I'm sure it was a podcast or something, and I'm talking about that, but somebody else did something less dramatic beforehand um, yeah. with that, and they got quite a number of points, and then this guy went, actually, I could go the whole hog and do this uh, jump jet thing. So, oh.
1: yeah. Did you see them making? Uh, H- HBO's making a, a series from The Last of Us, the computer game?
0: I don't even know the computer game.
1: Oh, I'm sure you do. It's the one where you're like running across the screen. I think it's a side-scroller one, and then you're sort of the half-dead. I'm sure I've got it. Maybe? Do I? Now I'm questioning myself. No, I,
0: I think I know the one you mean, which was quite artistically well done. That's not The Last of
1: Us. It's oh, I, I'm, now looking at, I'm now looking to see if I own this game, but in the meantime... <laughs> They're making this game. They reckon it's going to be one of the most expensive shows ever made, more expensive than Lord of the Rings. Uh, what's the other one that we can never talk game about? Game of Thrones. That's it. Yeah. So two of the lead actors are from Game of Thrones. You've got Pedro Pascal, who's in um, Narcos and all that good stuff, and he played the. He's the one where the rock, uh, the the mountain squished his head. Oh yeah okay. yeah
0: yeah yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. Um... Yeah.
1: I can't remember yeah, whatever. And yeah. uh and the girl who plays the the really young leader of the group that you like. You know she's real hard case. She's like 12 or something or 13 in the show. Daenerys. No, 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 no. She's like um runs runs one of the other families. And she's the little warrior. Oh, oh girl. yeah, um, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 the from the Bear. Um Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So oh, no, anyway, she was
0: she was really cool. She was really cool.
1: Yes. Oh, no, I don't have The Last of Us, so I have no idea what this game is. Uh, but <laughs> don't let that fool you guys. Uh,
0: we, we've, we've, we've carefully, carefully researched this episode.
1: That, I didn't check it because in my head I was like, yeah, yeah I know what that is.
0: No, uh, no, because I know the one you mean because I think I told you you should get this one and it's really well um, done. And now I, I'm looking for it as well because I'm like, that is such a good um, game. I should do a shout out for it.
1: Maybe I've seen a trailer of it then. I don't know. I'm looking at it now, and it sort of looks familiar. But it's obviously, basically, it's the end of the world. It looks like there may be zombies. I'm not sure. And it's a guy and a girl they have to take on the world. So anyway, uh, check that out when it comes out. Um, That'll be good. Hey, this, uh, oh, did you see O.J. Simpson scared to go to L.A.? No. Oh, in case he bumps into his, his, it was his wife or girlfriend. Oh, whatever, they're, they're, um, he doesn't want to go to LA in case he runs into Nicole Brown Simpson's actual murderer.
0: Oh, really?
1: Yeah, even though he was civilly liable for killing her. So yeah, yeah. no, nah, what a dick.
0: He's a, a dick because he's he totally did it. Um, the game that <laughs> I was thinking of that you should check out if you're on Steam, check it out. It's called Deadlight. Deadlight, one word. Yes, uh, I played it, that. Yeah, it's it's really really cool. It's very very cool. A little bit different from what I'd normally play, but um, as a different game. Yeah, no, it's really good.
1: Check out Deadlight. Uh, What else did I have here? Actually, talking about games, there's a really cool article, uh, actually, and it's a documentary. It's three little parts. Now, I haven't watched the documentary, I read the article. So I'll just say that. And it was Red Bull, the energy drink, made this documentary. I assume they do that. Okay. But basically, Brazil our favorite country, they pirated like they've got a whole Brazilian gaming system that they copied off Nintendo and Nintendo sued them for it. And then they were like, no, it's completely different, even though they copied every single thing about it. And all these people (laughs) remember playing it in the 1980s and 90s. I have to ask Diego if he has. Yeah. And they had to improvise. And apparently gaming is such a big thing for, for the Brazilians. That they, uh, yeah, had this booming industry of modded and copied and pirated gaming. It sounds like a, a an interesting country.
0: I I don't know because I mean I was big on that dodgy dodgy side of, of gaming when I was a kid. What's,
1: the, right? what's what's that mean?
0: So I I was we were copying games on tape because it was tapes, right? I got some labels from... So would you
1: get the game from a friend?
0: Yeah, well, yeah. So we had a a network of people that we knew that we'd get games from or copies of games.
1: And then
0: then I'd I'd do high-speed dubbing and then put labels on them and see if I could flog them off.
1: And and it was, like, I don't know anything about this side of things, but it was quite easy to copy them.
0: Uh, yeah, it was just tape to tape. That's oh. what it was, really. Very good. Um, you had to get your azimuths just right. We had a bit of stuff about that because the the pitch and frequency has to be absolutely spot on. So when you were recording them, you had to have pretty good gear. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, it was pretty crap. And then um, then we got the magic button, of course, which was um, the magic button. Yeah, you know, it was it was a thing I got from the UK, um, and it stuck into the back of the ZX48 and the um, so 48K, the biggest one you could get at the time. Yeah. And um, you could put an actual floppy disk drive in a five and a quarter floppy disk drive. Of course. And so, you know, that's a game changer because you're not waiting five minutes to load the game with the the um, freaking tape, yeah. you know? And so you got this um, this floppy disk, but it had this, what they called the magic button. So you get to a point in the game Anywhere in the game, basically, and you hit the um, magic button and it does a full um, mirror of the whole 48K onto the disk. So in future, you can just put the disk in, load it, and it gets to that point. The the one thing that's a problem with that is when you load it, there's a black screen because it hasn't sent any instructions to the screen yet. So Uh. you want to load it at a point where you know what you've got to hit. So you load it at the um, login screen it's like, press one for player one so you know that you can press one and then the next screen shows and you're away. Um, but, yeah, that was pretty good. So that, that ruined my my burgeoning um, criminal enterprise. Uh, that, yes.
1: That oh, God. There's still time for you yet. We know <laughs> how to do something else. Uh, hey, just this will be the last thing for the episode, I think. I think timing-wise it's about right. I found this website, and it's got nothing to do with anything. I don't know how I found it. Um You can't really do anything with it. It's just interesting what people get excited about and or want to share with people. So it's called tapedeck.org. You reminded me of this because you were talking about... um, Yeah, yeah, tapes. Tapes. These are audio tapes. And it's tapedeck.org. And I can select a brand. I can select a running time. I can select a type of tape. And I can select a color. So that's all my options. And there's just hundreds and hundreds of pictures of blank of, of cassette tapes. I think people send them to this guy and he it's takes the photos. High, he takes a high definition photo of it on a white background. And when you click on one, if you go to tapedeck.org, you click on one and it opens up this really crisp, large image of uh like right now I'm looking at a Damon chroma dioxide ninety made in Germany Hi Fi tape. Oh, my and God. He's got he's got a whole bunch of um, apparel as well that you can buy. But, like, some of these tapes are, like, sort of interesting because um, there's, like, Coca-Cola-branded tapes. But, you know.
0: Before we do go, I just want to look at uh, – I, I want you to mention something about this German nurse that swapped out vaccine for saline.
1: Oh, what, what, yeah. What happened there? Oh, so this German nurse basically swapped out, yeah, the, the vaccine for, for saline. So that uh, nearly nine thousand people in Germany now have to be vaccinated again because of this nurse.
0: What was she doing? Was she like selling the vaccine on the black market and just dosing these guys with the saline, or what?
1: It just says there's an investigation into the nurse's motives is ongoing. She, they said that she shared posts on social media that were critical of the vaccinations. So I think she didn't so believe she, in it.
0: She thought she was saving people. My god, probably.
1: That's yeah, terrible.
0: so uh, the only reason I mentioned that is because um, I saw. I think it was um, Stephen Colbert, um, and I, he was talking about um, somebody. I think it was a Nordic country um, was bringing in uh, vaccine vaccine, but it was all speed, <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, got done. But the way he was bringing it in was it was in the ceiling of the car that he was driving. So you know,
1: legit. Um, And
0: they goes, I didn't know it was there, and they said. Well, we found your fingerprints on it. He goes, oh, yeah, well, one of those bags of whatever it was fell out and hit me in the head, so I pushed it back. That would be where my fingerprints
1: came Oh, uh, what? Yeah, okay, right. Okay.
0: <laughs> what a
1: dick. What a dick. <laughs> anyway, that brings us to the end of the podcast. Make sure to check out the com for all the show notes, all the past yep, episodes, been- and everything else.
0: I've been sharing a couple of things on uh, the Facebook page as well, so check that out. We, uh, yes, with, with the with the sitting around twiddling our thumbs at COVID, there might be a little bit more action on there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, so yeah, until next time, I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you
0: enjoy the show. Make sure to subscribe.